Yo, what is up, 5-9 Gamers? Welcome back. It is that time once again on a Saturday. We are back for another episode of the Dokon Battle Podcast. And it is a very special episode this week. Um, you could say it's almost as special as an anniversary episode because this is episode 5-9 itself. That's right, episode 59 of the podcast titled Son of a Glitch, because as I'm sure you can tell, people are already talking about it in the chat, there's one particularly big topic that we are going to get into on uh, today's episode. But since today's episode is a special one, we are going to do uh, something a little bit different. We're going to be going over a little bit of the history of the podcast. We have some special messages from some of the members of 5.9, and we took in a bunch of extra questions from you guys compared to what we do on a regular episode. So definitely going to be an interesting one for this evening. So to start us off, we have a special message from one of the members of Supercore who could not be here tonight, and that is our very own Sunblade. Hello everyone and welcome back to 5.9 Gaming, your source news and updates for everything gaming related. My name is Sunlate and today I welcome you to the 59th episode of our Dokkan Battle podcast. Man, 59 episodes, that's quite a lot and as a matter of fact, I was the MC for the very first one. So yeah, I'm very grateful, very excited for your support and... Yeah, we had some great moments, some great guests, like one moment that I cherish pretty much is the banter between Truth and Talon in the past. Uh, one example that comes to mind is the discussion about the 120% leads that got an easy A and Talon was like, yes, for 17, it's the best easy A and, and Truth was like, no, STR Janemba is better and he laughed and it, it was great. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, about our guests, we had people like Nanogenics, Havohai, also from Germany. Man, the podcast has developed so much. Uh, yeah, very grateful again for your support. And yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it today, but I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Thank you very much, and I'll see you guys soon. Okay, well, there you go. Thanks a lot to Sunblade for that special message. Uh, like I say, unfortunately, could not be here this evening, but we definitely appreciate uh, having him at least take part in some way or another. So somebody else who was in a very similar position but wanted to give you guys a special message for this special episode was the, uh, the guy himself, the whale. You guys know him. Here he is, a special message from our own Nolar. Hey guys, Nolar here. Sorry I couldn't be here for the 59th podcast. Um, very much, you know, reminiscence of our 5-9 name itself. Uh, it's a very special time for us just to look back and see how far we've come. Um, I came up with Talon back in, I think, October of 2019. Asked him about doing a podcast about playing Dokkan. I wasn't even a content creator. I was just a fan, a fan of the game, a fan of all the content creators at the time um, who are still around for the most part. Um, but... Yeah, I just said, you know, it would be cool just to sit down and talk about the game. And that's when we fired it up. I think the first week of November, um, I can't remember when the date is. You can look it up on Talon's channel. Yeah, uh, well, his old uh, defunct now Dokkan channel. But yeah, we started that podcast back then and it just slowly grew and morphed into, you know, a recorded podcast to a live stream into just Dokkan, then Dokkan and Legends. And then it became a consistent thing of UTTP, the ultimate tag team podcast of uh, four hours every Saturday night, at least here in the 
um, North America, and uh, it was pretty cool, man. I, um, I, you know, I unfortunately work these days won't let me uh, be around for the time that we've agreed upon, and some content creators have come and gone. But um, the community is still strong, and I'm glad we even have the community, right? Um, the fact that we made 5.9, and here we are on the 59th episode so far um, is a testament that, uh, you know, uh, we've been going at it hard, but that's because of you guys, the community, for showing up and, you know, making this thing. So I don't want to take this too long, but thanks a lot for being here. Sorry I couldn't be there myself, but I just wanted to record a message to say something at least. So thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Well, there you go. That was a special message from the boss man himself. We appreciate uh, that from him being that he couldn't be here. So obviously nice to have him part of this very special episode. So he alluded to it a little bit there. Um, I was going to go through a little bit of the history of the podcast because we wind the clocks back a little over two years back to 2019. And uh, back then there was uh, the birth of the podcast known as the Ultimate Tag Team Podcast. So Nolar mentioned uh, him and Talon. Uh, also, our own Goresh was involved, as well as a name that some of you will remember from the uh, good old Speedy Luck memes, our boy Speedy, who, uh, as far as I know, is still on the Grand Cross side of YouTube's at the moment, but he was involved right in the beginning as well. And uh, Goresh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the podcast was like back then, how you guys did it, where it could be found, all that kind of thing. Yeah, so the way that we started was um, we sort of did the Delcon stuff, and that was before Leg that was before Legends was even like a thing to be covered, um, and that was on YouTube specifically. And the way we did it is we rotated channels, so each person that was part of it would have would like host it on their own channel, and then we would like you know rotate it per week depending on whose turn it was. Um, and then we eventually got into Legends, and we we combined them into the same podcast. We sort of like did like one half of Dokkan, one half of Legends, and those podcasts used to go for like two and a half plus hours. <laughs> and so you had to really block out like your entire Saturday to um, to sit down and record these podcasts or whatever. I don't even remember if it was always on Saturday, but whatever day it was, you had to really have like no plans that day <laughs> because you had to have like three hours of free time to sit down and record this thing. Um, and it wasn't live at the time. It was all pre-recorded um, uh, until we got into the later portions. So I think once we started getting into the uh, later episodes, then we started doing it live, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Because mm -hmm. this, is, this is episode 59, but this is not episode 59 of the total podcast because this is episode 59 of the 5-9 podcast. We had <laughs> the original podcast had its own episodes before we even started. So this is really episode like I would probably guess like 80 or so. Um, of how many podcasts we've done. So it's uh, it's been a long road. I think um, the structure, when you compare this one now to the one we started, it's way better. It's more organized. It's just the, the production quality is way higher now. So um, hope you guys agree with that. But um, yeah, we've definitely come a long way. And I think the podcast has uh, been a staple of who we are for a while. So. Mm. So yeah, as Goresh was saying, it used to cover both Legends and Dokkan. Uh, and then, of course, uh, last year, you know, we recently celebrated our one-year anniversary for 5.9 Gaming. So 5.9 Gaming became a thing, and obviously the podcast changed quite considerably. Um, I was very lucky. Uh, it was a great time for me. The Just before the Ultimate Tag Team podcast officially ended um, was when they decided to reach out for a, to a couple of new creators to join. Uh, and that was when people like myself and Sunblade came onto the scene. And then obviously right after that, literally, I think it was only a 
couple of weeks. I think I might have only literally been on maybe three or four episodes and then Five Nine was born. And then the first episode of the Five Nine podcast was on the 27th of September in 2020. So Sunblade uh, was the MC for that first episode. He mentioned that in his clip that we showed earlier. And then we had Toon Rami take over as the host from episode two. And he was the host for quite some time. Um, finally changing over to myself at episode 38. So I had to go back and check which episode it was. Um, and I didn't realize it had been that long. So I've been doing this now for over 20 episodes. Uh, I hope I'm doing a decent job. I definitely was very nervous when I originally took over, but it has been a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. Obviously we have many more to come. Um, the Dokon podcast will continue on for hopefully the foreseeable future. Hey, as long as there's a Dokon, as far as I'm aware, there'll be a Dokon podcast. So it's been a lot of fun and uh, yeah, there's a lot more fun to come. So as Goresh said, hopefully you guys enjoy and uh, we always appreciate your feedback for how we can make it even better. So with that, we are going to jump into the one major topic for this week that some of you may be aware of. Uh, the truth, I'm going to pass it over to you. Uh, since you haven't gotten to say anything yet. So, uh, yeah, something's going on in Dokon at the moment. What What is it exactly? <laughs> uh, so there is a big-time glitcherooski, uh, which basically allows you to have infinite attack and defense. That's, I guess, the easiest way to explain it, right? Just infinity. You're just, you're god mode. It's just god mode, right? Just... So yeah, people have been uh, people have been going wild over this on the timeline. It's pretty much the only thing I've seen people posting about today. Um, so Minato, I know you did a video on it as well. Um, I don't know if we want to go into specifics of how exactly you do it, but um, what is some of the stuff that you've been seeing going on in uh, the community as of today? I mean, I've just been seeing people beat events that they couldn't beat. I've been seeing some people uh, get scared over it. Uh, I've seen people literally get attack sets that are so high the game can't like register it, so it shows as uh, zero because <laughs> the stats are so high. The game at a certain point it doesn't really actually show the attacks and numbers on there. It's been pretty crazy. There's been a lot of memes about it, like with Blue Cow and Goku, a lot of <laughs> airplane mode type of memes thing going on there. Uh, it's been a very eventful day i feel like it's been already out for about like almost a day at this point i feel like and no signs of any fix or anything like that mm. so this is something i saw some people saying that um this isn't actually anything new and it's just kind of something that only now people have uh actually started to notice and really talk about um now that it's becoming such a big like public issue everybody's talking about it do you think we will see a fix to this quickly or is this going to be around for quite a while do we think Goresh, what do you think uh i don't think this is a big issue at all um i think the game as it is right now doesn't really matter if you're able to beat events or not that's not the point of the game the point of the game is to summon and collect your characters right uh -huh. i'm not like for, for you have to understand the, their player base that they're catering towards are people that already have the units that they that they want to, to beat events with right the player who's spending money on the game and summoning for every new unit is not struggling to beat the legendary Vegeta event, right? I mean, you're pulling because you want the character for your collection. You're not pulling because you need the character to beat an event. So because this is a glitch that actually affects the gameplay and not like stones or or whatever, 
it it means this is very very uh, like a like a non-issue for them. Uh-huh. But I mean, they're probably going to fix it. It's just I don't think it's at the top of their priority list. Yeah, something not, I would add. This is this is people people are way overblowing this out of proportion. It's not even like I wouldn't even consider this glitch to be like that that bad at all. Something I would add is that they if they had an issue with stuff like that, then they would have like already fixed like or banned stuff about mods going on with like with actual like God mode mods and stuff that happened in the past. Uh, it's kind of clear to me that they don't they wouldn't necessarily care for it as much. So yeah, that's my opinion, anyways. Yeah, because like we've said in the past with things like mods and even just down to things like power creep and when we've talked about units and how their kits have been designed and how they could have been designed, um, the thing that I've seen a lot of people saying is obviously it's a PvE game. So obviously if it was a PvP game like Legends and there was a glitch that was allowing you to like triple, quadruple your attack power and stuff like that, then obviously that would be something that would be a huge issue, whereas uh, Dokon is not really in the same sort of space um and like you said i've seen a lot of people posting uh screenshots like a lot of people have finally been able to beat like the punching bag event and things like that um now it does bring into question i know we've seen a lot of people um it's not like an issue for the game in itself i guess but in terms of the community um people i've seen a lot of people are a bit bummed out now for things like you know the in-game leaderboards and you know beating teams beating events with challenging teams and things like that is now you know screenshots don't really cut it anymore um is that something that you know you guys could see i know for our, for most of us in here i imagine we've beaten like all of the events in the game already anyway so it's not really a huge issue um but is this something that people should be concerned about or are people just complaining over nothing really what do you guys think again it's i mean for specific challenge runs i guess i could see that perspective but think about think about it this way right for somebody like me who is their target player base Uh you know making their revenue if every single character that came out was was the exact same power level they all they all did the same exact thing and they were all the same characters functionally the only thing separating them was their animations and like what the character was would i still summon the answer is yes i would still summon for every single character that comes out because it's a collection game so it doesn't really matter what they do the, the character could literally do zero and i would still summon for them <laughs> and it's a collection game and that's what they market the game towards us as so it, it doesn't matter what the character does. Like, I'm just going to summon anyway. Uh-huh. So He's telling the truth, guys. He summoned for Tech Piccolo. He's telling the truth. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they do. Right? <laughs> they, and, and, then, and then the reverse also goes the same way, too. A character could be the best character in the game, and if they're not cool and I don't like the character, then I'm not going to summon. Like, Videl. I didn't care at all about Videl. She was insane, but I, I didn't care. I summoned for one copy, and then I stopped. So, mm. yeah. Uh, truth, what do you think? Because obviously... Uh... You know, you and I, we've been known to do some uh, challenge runs in our time. What do you think about this uh, this new perspective? Uh, I mean, it doesn't... Uh, I, I don't feel like those are, like, invalidated at all or anything like that because it's like uh-huh. you're still doing it, right? Like, it's like, it, like oh, I no items it with the glitch that made me have infinite stats, right? Like, it's still like... I don't know, how do I... It's not like the real game that yeah. you're doing that with, right? It's not, I don't... It's not an issue. Uh-huh. Um... I also, I don't think people would get banned or anything like that. Like, that's what's, you know, it turns into, like, people who are not using it versus people who are using it where it's like, oh, the bandwave's going to be funny. Oh, I think there's going to be a bandwave. I don't, like, it just turns into this huge, like, like chaos. But it's like, Dokkan, they've never really banned, like, any of this stuff, right? Like, mods, bots, 
they've pretty much let it all run rampant. So I don't, I don't foresee bans coming at all. Uh, another, one thing, though, is that I see people say, like, oh, well, we've all done it now, so they can't ban people. But it's like, if they did do a ban wave, that's what, less than 1% of the player base is community? Like, uh. it's not like, 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 they could ban everyone that did the glitch, and it's probably not going to hurt their bottom line at all, right? Mm. I don't think so. Yeah, because I suppose the people who are pouring in the most money are probably the people that can beat the events without having to use the glitch anyway, so they haven't done it. Um, cause I mean, I've seen a bunch of screenshots, obviously seeing units getting crazy high attack stats and things like that. And like, for me personally, I mean, that's all the experience I need. I've seen the screenshots of what it does. I don't need to do it. So I haven't, um, haven't even attempted it. I haven't even actually looked at the step-by-step -step process of how to do it because it's not something that I feel the need to do. And I saw somebody in the chat, people in the chat saying that no item runs are pointless now. But I mean, the thing is at the end of the day, going all the way back to when, you know, the whole no item run Super Battle Road rivalry thing started is the whole point was you had to have it on video. So if you've got a video of you doing it legit, then it's still a good challenge run. And I always enjoy seeing videos, regardless of who they're from, whether they're Super Battle Road or not, of people doing challenging runs with interesting teams or, you know, different events and stuff. So those sort of things I don't think are invalidated at all. Um, you know, it's not really a huge deal at the end of the day. So Minato, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, what do you think about potential bans, anything like that? What's your thoughts on the state of the game at the moment, thanks to this glitch? Is it really a big deal or do you not too fussed either? I mean, I agree. Even then people are going to get bored of this and then it's going to be like, not really fun to like, you know, do challenge or anything like that with this glitch. So I, I guarantee you, like in a week, people are just going to be like, hey, about it. If even if it doesn't get fixed, I doubt like, you know, so there's going to be a lot of people who want to be like, oh, I want to be legitimate, stuff like that. So I don't necessarily find it to be that big of an issue. Um, And I do feel like it's kind of being overblown. I don't think anyone's going to get banned for this. This is like a it's not like, you know, like you're modifying the game or using a modified APK of the game, stuff like that. I, I think it'll all be fine in the end. It's yeah, literally a non-factor. Yeah, I've seen, I've definitely seen the entire spectrum of different responses, even to the point where people are scared that this means the game is going to die now or something. Which, uh, yeah, definitely uh, seems very, very, very unlikely. Because, like you said, I think the people who are actually supporting the game, at least financially, are the ones who probably couldn't care less about even trying the glitch, let alone using it to beat a bunch of content. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, newer players using it to beat events that they're potentially not going to be able to beat for a long time, if, especially if you're free to play. Eh, hey, whatever, it's your game. Who knows? If they do do something in the future that affects you negatively because you did it, you should kind of go into these kind of things knowing that there is at least the potential for some risk. But yeah, there you go. Like I said, being a PVE game, there is probably not a huge amount of issue, really. So unless anybody else has any closing thoughts on the glitch, then uh, we will move on to the question section. So if you guys have any additional comments, anybody? You mean there's no other topics to discuss in this plentiful time of Doka? Well, yeah, there you go. See, what a great time to do a special episode where we reminisce and answer <laughs> a bunch of questions from the community. It's almost as if, no, nah, no, nah, it couldn't be that. There's, the, the games are in a great place. Neither version of the game is dead right now. Everything is fantastic. Uh, well, you see, Ningen, <laughs> uh, they're preparing. Exactly. It's the calm before Z, the storms. <laughs> yeah, version Z, man. It's, it's coming. It's coming, and it's... 
It's going to change the landscape of the game. Well, we got version Z announcement is upcoming. Heroes, uh, based on the dates of last year, we could see an announcement for a Dokkan now about Heroes any day now. Uh, Part 2 stuff for both versions. So there's definitely a lot of stuff coming on the horizon. Um, If nothing else, I guess at least this glitch stuff has... uh, had the community excited for something to talk about for the last day or so. So there is that at least. But anyway, maybe that's gone. I want to say maybe that's another reason why it's getting overblown. There's literally nothing else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> okay, so we will go ahead and move into the questions section here. Uh, we took in a bunch of questions from you guys over on our Twitter. So make sure you are following us over there if you missed it, because we often tweet things out there, not only to do with the podcast, but things like our forms for the fan made card series and everything like that. So make sure you guys are following us over there so you can stay up to date with everything that we tweet out. Cause a lot of the stuff can involve you guys being able to feature in the content. So make sure, you are following us over there so we're going to start going through some of these here uh first of all we had a couple of comments like this but i wanted to highlight this one because it was the first one i saw that came up uh this was a tweet that came to us from raudo Uh, which says Dokon started for me as a free-to-play experience due to a friend who introduced me to it didn't understand the science behind it and all the stuff I know now thanks to people I I do know now sorry thanks to people in 5.9 gaming scenes such as Goresh Truth Ningen and the others five plus years later and I still love it so even though this isn't a question (laughs) we definitely appreciate it a lot of you guys did express a similar sort of sentiment so obviously we uh, do appreciate that very much Um, the podcast has always been something that i've really enjoyed doing because i know a lot of you out there probably are in similar situations where in terms of irl friends i only have like one or two that actually play dokon so the podcast has always been super enjoyable for me because it's a chance to actually sit down and chat with other people who love the game about everything that's been going on in the game so hopefully you guys enjoy it too but something that I have always very much enjoyed. So jumping into the first actual question, and we'll go to each of the members on the panel with this one. Uh, This comes to us from Joe Smith, and his question is, why did each of you start your YouTube channel? So Truth, let's go ahead and start off with you. Uh, One of my favorite games of all time is called Final Fantasy Tactics which is a pretty easy game once you understand the ins and outs because uh, the, the devs sort of like gimped the enemy. It just doesn't give them a chance to sort of spread their wings and do what they're capable of. Um, but the AI in the game is ridiculously like good and clever, right? And can really like crush you, but it's not given the tools to do so. So a hard mod was basically created of that game and it was so tough that there weren't really videos of it at the time. And I was like, oh, I want to make videos on it since no one else is. And then that kind of led me here. <laughs> oh, wow. So there you go. You didn't even start off as a Dokon creator. So um, nope. I guess just to piggyback off of that. So if you started off doing the Final Fantasy stuff, what was the, uh, just very briefly, the sort of roadmap of what you did before you then got to Dokon? Uh, just a lot of like uh, OG game playthroughs, of like Final Fantasy stuff, Resident Evil, a lot of like those type of games I love. Was it you did a Parasite Eve one as well, right? I did, yeah. I did yeah. a Parasite Eve, yep. Nice. That nice. was a little closer to Dokkan's release, though. 
Well, there you go. And uh, so, Goresh, uh, why did you decide to start your YouTube channel? Um, so I used to upload, um, I guess, just like game, like literally just raw gameplay from Dokkan just to like show off teams to people. And it wasn't just me it wasn't meant for like public view viewing. It was just meant for like people that I was like sending the link to because obviously no one was going to watch a video from a channel that had no subs and like no <laughs> videos at all. Um, and then they released, I think it was the, uh, yeah, it was the LR STR Vegito Blue, the free one on Global First. And I uploaded that video um, and it blew up. A lot of Japanese people watched it. And I was like, okay, I might as well upload more. And then I just started uploading more and people started watching more. And then I started uploading Legends videos and a lot of people watched. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll keep uploading. And then, I kept, and then I kept uploading and now here I am. Because, mm. yeah, I remember you were already very known for um, posting like the translations and things like that as well, weren't you, for the new units and everything. So, um, yeah, it's definitely very cool to see. And then Minato, uh, as one of the newer members of the team, uh, why did you decide to start your channel? So I used to, uh, back then I, when Naruto Storm 4 and Storm 3, I was a big Naruto fan, I still am, and I used to play the Storm games all the time, so I used to upload just random clips of matches I did uh, playing Storm 4 for some time, and over time I got more and more into Dokkan, and then I started making Dokkan content just for fun, just because why not, and I just kind of here now, honestly. Um, I had a lot of fun doing both of those games for sure. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I uh, I only started with Dokkan as well. Um, mine was essentially, I can't remember, I hadn't been playing the game a huge amount of time, but I started mine around the time that the 120 leaders were coming out. And it was uh, essentially because there were a few of them that I didn't pull. And so back then in that mono like team meta, um, I was having to come up with ideas for how to run those teams with a different lead using another unit that exists in the game that can function within that same sort of team build. and. Um, yeah, I just started really getting into watching Dokkan content. I hadn't really seen any videos like that at the time. So the first set of videos that I decided to make were guides on how to run the mono teams if you hadn't pulled the 120 leaders. And then it kind of just grew from there. So, uh, yeah, definitely has been an interesting journey. And, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to hear the starts of all of your guys as well. Yeah, and then what for me, one other thing just to mention is before I started really uploading like like uh, normally scheduled videos, I guess, the one person that really pushed me to start uploading a lot was D3 because okay. he actually contacted me a long time ago. This was, um, it was definitely over two years ago, um, I think, um, to start doing translations for Buchigiri because ah. obviously I was like, the, I was the known translator for that, for the Dokkan stuff. So he, he DM'd me. He was like, hey, like, do you think you could, like, you know, you know, like, I'll pay you to, like, do these translations or whatever. And I was like, I'll just do them. <laughs> so I just did them. Um, I still, <laughs> still in my pinned uh, thing on yep. Twitter. You could look at the entire <laughs> game I translated. Um, but, yeah, we then we started just becoming friends and started talking. And then he's like, yeah, you should, like, start doing videos. And he really showed me, like, how to do everything. So oh, wow. a lot of the uh, a lot of the credit goes to him. Hey, hey, that's awesome. Yeah, shout out to D3. Uh, definitely a nice guy. Uh, he was one of the first uh, other like big creators that I watched before I started my channel that actually followed me back and did actually give me some advice early on as well. So shout out to him. What a great guy. I believe he is, in fact, a special guest on tomorrow's Legends podcast. So make sure you stay tuned yep. for that as well. So shout out to D3. So moving on to the next question. This will be interesting considering I where some of the people on the panel are now it'll be interesting to see where that journey started so this question comes for us from noah de blower and he says when did you make your first purchase in dokon 
So Goresh, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember this, or was it day one? Like when? When did this happen for you? Uh, no, it wasn't day one um, <laughs> because I started playing like during the first year anniversary on Global, and that was with Goji. I, I didn't really understand how the game worked because I, I didn't even really watch videos on mm. the game at all until like I was a little bit into it already. Yep. Um, I didn't know what re-rolling was. I didn't know like you know the the like what gacha games just were at, at all, pretty much, because it was still pretty young in the like the the life cycle of gacha games. It was a pretty early gacha game actually, uh, Dokkan, I, I think. So I actually ended up pulling Gogeta, which was pretty rare to do that, like just on a free to play account at the time. And I was like, okay, I wasn't really that excited. I was like, okay, cool, I got Gogeta, like you know, whatever. Like <laughs> a normal per player who knows the game obviously knows how ridiculous that was back then to pull Gogeta without spending money. <laughs> um, but the next banner, I think the next Dokkan Fest that came out after Gogeta on Global was the Int Ultimate Gohan, which brought back physical full power freezer for the first time, and I had to get him. So that's why I started spending. I see. <laughs> uh, Minato, when did you first make your first purchase in Dokkan? Uh, I was in high school and I got like a little loan. So I was like, okay, cool. And then I was having fun with Dokkan. So I was like, okay, I'll just buy like a stone packet too. And that's pretty much it. Oh, so <laughs> it's just been like that from there. I see. So just started off with like a small purchase here and there pretty early on then to what, top up your stone count, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, escalated eventually, but <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar uh, sort of thing where I, I think I might have bought like the really cheap pack maybe once or twice, but I got super lucky when I started the game. So I started playing properly when the AGL Super Vegito and Physical Legendary Super Saiyan Broly banner came out. Um, and then I think the next one after them was Tech Super Saiyan 3 Gotenks. Uh, just like Goresh was saying, I'd never played a gacha game before. I didn't really understand like properly how they worked. I didn't really understand anything about like the summon rates or anything. And those units I pulled within like the first two or three multis, obviously not realizing how lucky that actually was. And then it was when STR Omega came out. Um, it was the first time I then had spent all the stones that I had at the time and didn't actually pull the unit. And so then it was a case of, oh. Well, now what do I do? So, well, I guess I'll have to buy some more. So, and then yeah, I actually, from there. I actually think that's a big like I don't want to say issue, but a, like a, a, something that that's pretty common with new players is they they start playing the game and they don't understand like how a gotcha game works, right? Because uh -huh. like the whole concept of you can pull forever and not get a unit is such a, like a weird concept because. I was a I played Dragon Ball Heroes before I started playing Dokkan, and the way that that game works is there's a set order of the cards that like, you can get from the machine. So after a certain amount of like you know a tries, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a card that you want. Whereas with Dokkan, it's like it's always it's just a hundred percent random, right? Yeah, and so truth. I was going to say probably, but let's be fair. The biggest whale uh, in the game, probably, well, I don't know. Maybe there's some bigger JP ones, but who knows? At least out of the ones we know. So when did you first make your purchase on Dokkan? Was it day one for you or were you free to play for a little while? Uh, so my first account, um, I started playing about a week before Super Vegito came out on Global Dokkan. Oh wow! And I was like, oh, I could grind through a lot of the story. I'll save all my currency and I'll be able to get Vegito. And I used it all. I didn't get them. Uh, and then I got a couple of packs. And then I was like, wait a minute. I'll just like, you know, re-roll for them. Mm. 
So I actually bought a little on an account I threw away like 10 minutes later. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I believe, if yeah. I remember rightly from the stuff you said, so you switched to JP, it was the release of the LR Black and Zamasu, is that right? Yes, that, that was a good eight months later or something. Mm. And so I'm guessing once you switched to JP, you just bought a whole bunch of stones to start out with since you wanted them, the LR? Um, no, I, I did, I think, buy a little bit for Super Saiyan 3 Broly, I think just... What, what I did for a while is I would just sort of get some... Um, like sale packs mm. right uh but then i mean it's how do i word it uh, <laughs> at a certain point with youtube it was oh i am uh making a lot more than i could spend here so we could just do whatever and, you know i guess sort of word it in a way like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i like so, that's... Yeah, we could, i could just go crazy it doesn't matter okay cool <laughs> yeah i was very much for a long time a sales pack only boy but like you said once you start to see a little bit of growth i can every now and then if it's a unit i really want i'll uh i'll buy a few full price packs but yeah, it's uh, nice to be able to do so. So, <laughs> all right. So, moving on to the next uh, question that comes to us from Veg from the profile picture. I'm sure it's short for Vegio, but this is the one for the upcoming Heroes hype. It says, if you guys could choose one character that was guaranteed to release in the new Heroes collab, who would it be? So, Minato, we'll start with you this time. If you could pick one character to be on the Heroes banner, who would you pick? I would want hearts and hopefully with an active skill. <laughs> That's really something I really want. I like hearts and I like Dio and his voice actor is Dio. So why not? Uh, oh, you, th you think hearts has a good cool. voice actor, huh? Mm. Yeah, I know. Right. That's yeah. surprising. <laughs> but yeah, I would I actually like hearts design too. I think he looks pretty cool. So yeah, I'd really want hearts in the game for sure. It's something because we know we're going to get like, you know, Vegito's, you know, Gogeta's, all that kind of stuff. So I'd rather pick a character that would have lesser of a chance to make it in if that makes sense but still a character i really want uh, -huh. uh truth what about you if you could pick one out of all of the possible options who would you pick so this is most likely no 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 this is literally if you could pick one that would be on the new oh. banner so any heroes character you like your favorite one whichever one you think would make a cool unit up, up to you but if you could pick one who would it be? Yeah, it's tough because I really want them to like do like some like the Super Saiyan 3 Vegito and Gogeta and stuff like uh -huh. that. But it's Evolution Blue Gogeta. I just think it looks so cool. <laughs> I want him, man. Uh, he looks cool. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. And uh, Goresh, who would you pick? I mean, they, they already announced it. Xenopan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. True, Based true. Goresh. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I mean, for the meme, it's got to be like Golden Metal Cooler, which I would be very happy to very Wait, happy meme? If they did that. That's not a meme. That's just real. Though. Would you pick him, though? If you, if you got to actually decide that, who one of the If I got to actually be. pick, I would, I would choose the double Goku, I think. Mm, the Super Saiyan Blue and Super oh. Saiyan 4. Yeah, yeah, that would be very cool. I think memes aside, like I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna say somebody like Mask Super Seventeen, even though obviously I would love to see that. But if I could pick anyone, act, wait, 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 that would be really good for. Like, I know it would. It would be like, really that would good. Be good yeah. If I if I had to pick, I, he would be a close one. But I think for me, because of the hype uh, of the character and the teams that he would be on in the game and things like that, I definitely would pick the uh, Timebreaker Goku Black. Um, obviously, if I got to pick completely, it would be a rosé one that transforms into super saiyan 3 rosé 
Um, I think that would be very cool because a lot of those teams that he would be on definitely could use the help. And uh, he just looks cool. I mean, if nobody noticed, I really like the Timebreaker mask thing. And I love the fact that all the characters that get, not only do they get the mask, they get like a full like costume redesign. They're always looking super cool. So definitely would be the uh, Timebreaker Goku Black for me. So next up, we have a question that comes to us from Philip Rodriguez. And this is more of a uh, just sort of Dragon Ball in general question for the panelists here. So he says, my uncle introduced me to Dragon Ball Z through bootleg VHS movies he got in New York around 96 and 97, which put me at around 10 years old. My life was forever changed. When did Dragon Ball get its hooks into each of you? So Goresh, we'll start off with you. Okay, um, so I was growing up, and uh, obviously the show used to air on uh, Cartoon Network, right? This was late 90s, like early 2000s-ish. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom always used to give me an option. I get to watch the show or eat dinner, and I would always skip dinner to watch <laughs> the show. And that's when I started, <laughs> that's when I started like falling in love with the show. Oh, wow, nice. Um, Minato, what about you? Well, <laughs> uh, the first Dragon Ball media I ever uh, watched was Evolution. <laughs> oh, no, get out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Nice. Imagine was, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why are you guys laughing? It's really good. It's, they really nailed the characters. Man. Um, and then I just went to go watch more of Dragon Ball that was airing on TV, and I was like, well, that's completely different. Man, imagine. And I just kind of watch it from there, but yeah. Um, um, that's uh, my proudest thing. <laughs> I can't. That's for sure. I'm trying to imagine the mindset of watching Dragon Ball Evolution and then going, "Yeah, I need to see more of that. Let me check out this series." <laughs> well, I mean, I just saw it airing, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> check it out." I, I, I was like a, I was like a younger kid, so yeah. it's not like I really looked like I deep mean, into the movie. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's, it's so terrible," you know. <laughs> it's one of those things. I mean, obviously, like the CG is not very good, and you can say what you want about the acting and stuff. But I wonder because for most of us here, we wouldn't have that possibility but i mean i wonder what it would have been like to see that movie knowing literally nothing about dragon ball if it was still as horrendous but there you go so truth what about you when did you first get into dragon ball z okay so i was watching cartoon network this was before toonami actually Ooh. uh and i remember i think it was it was either a promo for the world's strongest or dead zone. I think it was the world's strongest. I, like it was like, Oh, we're going to show this on Friday night. And I think that was the first I watched was the world's strongest. Poor Dr. Will still hasn't made it into Dokkan. Um, He's in Dokkan. He's in the uh, dead Frieza army card art. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, we have possessed Piccolo and Dr. Cochin in the story as well. The quest mode, yeah. which they update frequently. Um, but yeah, that was, was it's a long time ago. Nice, nice. Yeah, similar for Free me. Toonami days. Over here, I think it was Toonami, because obviously Cartoon Network, um, they did advertise it differently in the UK. But yeah, it started airing in the afternoons. I think it was around like 5.30, so it was after school. Um, I think I was probably 15, 14, 15, 16, somewhere around then when it started showing on Cartoon Network in the UK. Um, and I've talked about this previously, but anime did this a lot 
on channels in the UK. I know the Pokemon series did it as well, where for whatever reason, they would only show so many episodes. Like it would get up to a certain point in the Saiyan saga. And then the next day, it would just be the first episode and it would start again. And then after they did that like two or three times, then they would actually have the next lot of episodes. So over the course of watching it every afternoon after school, I think it took me somewhere around like a good couple of years to actually see every single episode all the way up to the end of the Boo Saga. So, uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. you couldn't just go online and watch stuff. Yeah, true. <laughs> back then. <laughs> that was back in the day. This is a very random thought, but back in the day, the early days of the internet, that was when that horrible cursed like image of super saiyan 5 goku first appeared and people didn't know whether it was real or not because no, that's wrong with the hair like it's that's way awful. bigger than him yeah it's so sick <laughs> awful oh i hate it wrong <laughs> you, go, didn't, you, did, sweat. you did not used to watch the videos where it's like super saiyan 1 to 10 and it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> actually no the one thing i do remember from back then in the early days of youtube there was a gohan amv set to three doors down by kryptonite and it was all footage of Bo uh, Gohan from the Bojack movie, and it was amazing. <laughs> and I didn't well, get to see the, the Bojack movie for I don't even know how long because they didn't show those on uh, Toonami in the UK for I don't even know how long till they first showed any of those. So the the magic of that time period was you didn't know what was real mm. and what wasn't real because yeah. I remember being on like a like a like a toy website and like looking through like a bunch of like figures. This is like. <laughs> like again like early like 2000 2001 something like that <laughs> it was like the early days of the internet like with aol dial-up and stuff like that yeah um but they had like this they had websites for toys and i remember seeing a lot of gt figures and like i didn't know what gt was i was like why like with super saiyan 3 kid goku like what is this like this isn't real <laughs> like this is a fake like character <laughs> like like people you couldn't just like look up stuff like it was just like you could put on a forum like anything and people would believe you pretty much, right? Mm. I, I remember like a kid came to school and he it was like it was like the roster for like GT Final Bout or something like that. And it was just like, well, what is this? Right? Like what what like yeah, you couldn't yeah. even comprehend it. Oh, uh, good times. Because <laughs> uh, that was like, you know, like Super Saiyan 4 Goku. So I was like, what is going on? Like, it's like Saiyan Saga that I was watching. Like, what is this? <laughs> a sign of things to come. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, uh, it was a different time back then. <laughs> so yeah we've got a uh that was a nice uh a nice wholesome walk down memory lane but now we've got a bit more of a spicy one i put this one in because i thought it would be uh it could be a little bit interesting so this question comes to us from johnny torres and he says how do you guys personally feel about the dokon community do you guys enjoy the hot takes like super saiyan blue kai Ken goku stuff or does it annoy you after a while also super let's say blue evolution gogeta for heroes yes but so truth mm. let's throw this question over to you because i know you have a very loving relationship with the token community in the whole so uh, i actually I, mean, I enjoy it like like <laughs> the more chaos the more i like that's why like listen I, i'm pretty confident that there's going to be no bands or anything like that but there is there's a side of me that would be real interested <laughs> to see what a band wave would look like, man. Some, I'm just saying, uh, you know. <laughs> some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> it would be, you know, I I, I know Mr. Uh, Rat Rash is over there with a smirk. You can't, I can hear that damn smirk. <laughs> I don't think they would do that. I mean, that would, that would kind of be dirty if they did, I think. <laughs> 
it's not like it's not like, it's not like st- we're duping stones, right? Then I would understand, but yeah. this is like whatever. So Goresh, what about you? What do you think? Your uh, how do you feel about the Dokon community as a whole? Well, I can't really say anything bad, otherwise my uh, yeah. <laughs> you're commit, we're out here committing career be, suicide, but <laughs> yeah, I love them, dude. They're the best community. <laughs> any uh, any comments about I don't know things like the things like the hot takes? Do you like seeing them? Do you uh, what do you think about those? I like I like seeing hot takes, but I like seeing hot takes that aren't there just to get like interactions, mm. right? Like when you put like you know and yamcha is better than like aglui goku then it's like all right well this is just for clicks right yeah if it's something that actually makes sense and it like it, it, it's it's apparent that you that you put thought into what you're saying then i i kind of like them because it'll it makes people think about things from a different perspective but if it's something that's just like let me see how many likes i could get on this like then that's stupid yeah no i agree i mean it's what about you what do you think well, about what you're saying there, the thing that sucks is that 90% of them is basically <laughs> for that reason. Oof. So that's why I personally think the greater than symbol is the worst thing to happen <laughs> to the community. <laughs> but I like seeing the chaos as well. I, I actually uh, said something like, you know, what if like they do ban people who use this glitch and then it just the entire timeline disappears like the Uchiha Massacre or something, dude. <laughs> uh I like the community, honestly. It's a lot of fun interacting and talking with all the other people there. Um, you know, sometimes, again, things can get a little uh, uh, not too favorable, but, you know, it's, it's all good in the end. It's all fun. I, I feel like most of the people in the community are pretty cool as well. Yeah. Uh, it's been pretty interesting, I could say that for sure. Yep. I think that it's it's like any community. Um, there's always, like, a vocal minority of people that will be negative or be mean or any sort of things like that clutch farming for clout with their weird greater than takes but we've seen a lot of examples i think in the past of the community coming together and doing some pretty great stuff especially recently um so i think uh overall it's definitely fun it's fun to be in i definitely agree with goresh i like to see discussions about units that are well thought out and not just like you know clearly just trying to rile people up but yeah, I, I think for the most part, we've got a pretty decent community. But I mean, that meme will still live forever. Stop posting your summons under people's tweets that have got nothing to do with the game. But <laughs> they, I'm going to come out and say that again. But other than that, I think it's, uh, I think we're doing pretty well. So that was, uh, I thought I'd throw that one in there. But yeah, I think the community is in a pretty decent place for the most part. So next up, we have a question that comes to us from Ash, who says, what would be a dream unit for you in Dokon? So, for example, you would be happy with the game shutting down for good if this was the final unit that they released. So, uh, Truth, what, what what do you think? What would your dream unit in Dokon be? Well, I mean, no talk of the game shutting down, please. I, can't <laughs> I know, right? My heart. I dream units. I don't, like, there's not, like, a unit where it's, like, I I must have that, right? Like, one of the ones I've been talking about for a while is Transforming Trunks, who we just got, right? Like, Uh I don't know. That's tough. You got to give it to someone else, man. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Minato, what about you? You got one? Uh, I, I, it's hard. There's so many options I can think of. I mean, I would say. Oh! Oh, you thought (laughs) it? Go on, Truth. Ultra Ego Vegeta. 
Ultra Ego Vegeta. Ooh. There we go. Ultra Ego Vegeta. Because that means be we're going one. into the manga territory. Yes. Yeah. That would not be No, I would tomorrow. like. Oh, spoilers, <laughs> Tune. I'm sorry, man. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> all right ultra ego vegeta i mean that's if we do ever get around to that kind of stuff that definitely would be hype so uh, i mean it's i would like hakai hakai goku uh mm. from the master blue form i think that would be pretty cool or like you know the manga merzimasu where it's like a billion clones stuff like that like manga stuff is a really good choice i feel like wait i i see what you're doing here i remember all this talk in the previous episode about your wanting to see the shirtless of goku you just want to see shirtless buff zamasu don't you from the manga <laughs> um but um i mean another thing we could see is uh yeah i mean <laughs> let's um i mean i got my shirtless goku so what else what else would i mean, you know? like <laughs> and uh, what about you goresh do you have a unit in mind that would be a dream unit for you to come to the game yeah, I want a melee super nullification first form Frieza. Oh, with the with the animation. Well, I suppose they can't really go that in depth. But I'm, I'm assuming you like, you're talking the about the right? nail, the the chop to the neck yep. scene. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, that they could probably mm -hmm. they could do the same thing like Gogeta, where Frieza could maybe just kind of like move his yeah tilts then, like, his head that, like, to the flash. side. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The same thing. Like I feel like it, that could definitely work. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that that or a revival final form when he. Uh, it gets hit with a spirit bomb and then goes mm. onto the rock. Like that, I think that's like an ideal revive animation. That's <laughs> such an iconic scene. Yeah, that would yeah, be super yep. cool. Uh, for me, I've mentioned it before in videos and on previous episodes. I think it would. I guess it would technically only be a hero's card, but I really want to see a Bardock that has a transformation where he puts on the broken Timebreaker mask and becomes Super Saiyan Three Marseille. It was from one of the quite old, I think, um, heroes trailers because it was him fighting against the xeno king vegeta and uh, i used to use that in my old channel intro because it's just really cool puts on the broken mask and goes super saiyan 3 i think that'd be an awesome transformation animation um so yeah that's something that i would love to see personally maybe i mean that's something that could potentially be a thing in heroes so may maybe one day but that's that would be the one for me so Okay, so next up, we have an interesting one here from Stephen Enwood. So obviously with version Z, uh, there's an announcement on the horizon. We don't know exactly how much we're going to find out. But he says, uh, it could be very healthy if version Z totally changes the game. But do you think this may hurt Dokkan's future? A lot of people hate change. Um, and also, what would you like to see with the updates? I mean, we'll focus more on that. Do you think if do if version Z really is a huge change to the game, do you think that could potentially put people off of the game? What do you think? So, Goresh, we'll start with you. Uh, I mean, it, it completely depends on what they do, but... Mm -hmm. I think Dokkan is a game that has survived as long as it has, and not only just survived, but thrived as long as it has because mm. of its simplicity and because of how easy it is to play and how accessible it is. So I don't think version Z is going to like completely change the way the game is played or anything like that. I think it's just going to make it easier, like they talked about. I think it was, what is it, in the... the uh, I forget, I forget when they when they talked about like the specific details about it, but they said it was mostly to make the pro uh, the um make the the gameplay experience a lot easier and a lot a lot more accessible to newer players right yeah so i think it's just there to just enhance how easy it is to, to play which i think is good because they they recognize that that's the selling point of the game um so i don't think it's going to hinder the game at all just assuming that they're going to go down that path the one way it could backfire is if they try and like gr like drastically change the way the game is played but i don't think that's going to happen mm. uh truth what do you think uh, 
I I mean, I, I think the worst thing would be if they never try and do anything at all. Right. So the, mm. like if it's a major change, I feel like it's good that they're attempting something like that anyway, because like there's always they get like as long as they're willing to like do stuff and try stuff like we could get to a point where they're making really good things. Right. Uh-huh. So like I, 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 I don't think that there's a high chance of like, you know, huge backlash or something just because the game changed because. I feel like the entire like ish, the game is just very old compared to newer gotchas, right? Like they could just make it shinier, flashier a little bit, right? Mm. And it, my, it, I feel like it would be better. My biggest concern, if they do decide to do that and like b- bring some like massive changes to like the gameplay of, of whatever, if they do that, my only concern is they have a history, a bad history of, you know, creating these new modes, making these changes and then never like fixing issues. Like Chain Battle is the biggest example of this. They released Chain Battle, and we've given them a year plus of feedback on why we think the mode is not that great and ways to improve it, and they've done nothing. Mm. So my only concern is if they do make these changes and make the game a lot different, will they be willing to go back and update things that are bad about it? And they have a bad track record of doing that, so (laughs) I don't know. And then Minato, any additional thoughts on this one? Uh, I feel like, you know... I don't think it would necessarily like a big change would hurt the game necessarily. It depends on how they implement it. And like Arash said, uh, the only issue is that if they don't implement it correctly the first time, it's going to be very unlikely to see them make updates or changes to it, which is unfortunate. Um, so hopefully it does. I, I would personally want to see like, you know, say sprite updates is something I'd want to see. And then like better file compression for the game, uh, stuff like that. I feel like would be very good. Um, even if it's not just total gameplay change, but like how the game looks like truth was saying, I feel like would be very interesting. Yeah. Something I've been asking for, for a long time that I think gets overlooked is normal attack animations. Yes. And like Dokkan attack animations, like all those like basic attack animations are so bad. <laughs> it's like, it's like a 2005, like flash game. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. I think a big one, I know it's a, it's one of the things that gets brought up the most outside of probably the friend system is definitely the sprite updates, especially because we're seeing a lot more super attacks now where you see the enemy sprites more clearly or more or zoomed in so i think that's definitely something that a lot of people want to see in terms of changes that could potentially hurt the game i don't think there's the only thing i could foresee that could be really bad is if they do try to implement a pvp system and they make it like a really big deal but they do it really badly i, I personally can't think of a way that you could do pvp in dokon and do it well so i feel like that's something that would potentially put people off but at the same time it, you know it's still just a mode that you technically wouldn't have to play if you didn't want to so i don't know if there's anything they could do to massively put people off but Obviously, this is something that we are going to have to wait and see. And hopefully we are going to find out our first little bit of information very soon with the announcement that is coming up. So we are moving on to the final question here for today. I thought this would be a nice little one to end off. Nice little warm, fuzzy one here that comes to us from Subarashi Rose. And he says, what are your fondest memories playing Dokon? Could be some summons, gameplay, announcements, etc. So Minato, let me throw this one to you first. 
I would say one of my more fonder moments of Dokkan is when uh, Physical Vegeta Blue and AGR Rosé came out. It was really crazy. I felt like they weren't like too far away from coming out in the anime. Uh, wasn't it like, I, I believe it was like a week after, like the same day that the Vegeta Blue episode came out that we saw the announcement for the Dokkan Fest or something like that. It was very close and it was insane. I remember getting them off a single summon and Ooh. Super AGL Super Vegeta as well. I was ecstatic. It was such a great time for me back then. I loved like the AGL Rosé and Physical Vegeta Blue uh, mono teams right there. They're very fun. Being able to use all the, uh, you know, the god units as we called them back in the day. Uh, it was just one of my more fun moments of Dokkan, really. Uh, I'm not even sure if anything could even top that currently. Just was great. Mm, yeah, that was super hype. I remember being able to run like the actual, what we used to, I used to say rainbow teams, I guess, even though they weren't rainbow units. But yeah, using all the different colored uh, units. That Rose team was a super fun team when that first came out. So Goresh, what about you? What is, if you had to pick one, your fondest memory from your, your Dokkan lifetime? So it's hard to pinpoint like some like exact moments that mm -hmm. I like the best. But just in general, like we've had some pretty big it, like honestly it's whenever there's something that's unexpected or not announced in advance that comes out like one that hits me specifically is when on jp the um i think it was the str goku black and tech vegeta blue were announced in game because we didn't have any like advanced warning or, or anything about who was coming out and we got those dokkan teasers in the news people were like wow like they're doing this again like that's insane and like it was just like like people didn't know what to expect and those things all, all of a sudden just popped up in the news and it was crazy and then my second one would probably be whenever new uh super battle road stages come out or new difficulty of super battle road stages come out because i remember when the first ever type super battle road stages came out and people jumped in. I was watching like a million videos of people mm. trying the event yep. and they were jumping in for the first time ever. And we're like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go in with my team. I'm going to like, you know, not use an item. And then they get like one shot and they're like, whoa, what is this event? <laughs> it was just funny to see like everyone's reactions to it. And I remember that being like a really fun, fun time to play the game. Yeah, 100%. I remember watching streams and people would be people would be streaming for like two or three hours to beat like one stage, like to get like Super STR or something like that done. And it was uh, yeah. it was crazy to see what it was like when it first came out. Um, and so Truth, what, what's, what's, uh, what's your one here for this one? Favorite Dokkan moment? I mean, it could just be your fondest memory. That's... It could be from a summon. Could be something in you know something you did in the game or something that came to the game. Anything really, I guess. Five year anniversary was really hype. Three year uh -huh. anniversary was really hype. UI Goku it's uh... being tweeted like fifteen minutes after the episode ended for us was pretty hype. Yeah, things like that. Like I seeing like Gogeta Blues animations tweeted was incredible. Right, stuff like uh -huh. that. I think in terms of character releases, I still to this day don't think anything has ever topped the AGL Rose and Physical Vegito Blue announcement in the news. Cause that yep. was like that was another instance of like the episode came out and then like two days later we had like the announcements in the game for the units, right? Mm. Like yep. the just the art of like them both look like like doing like having like a stare down <laughs> in the I think I think that was the hundred million download celebration. Or something. Mm. I think it was yeah, either 100 or 150 or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. 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 I think it was 100 because I remember that's when Global got super Vegito. So that, I remember people were literally like 
going like mentally like insane <laughs> when, that, when that happened and we're like it, it was just it was ridiculous. i've never seen that level of hype with anything um that like the 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 original super saiyan 4 is the second year anniversary super saiyan 4s were also that on that same level uh it was crazy that that time of dokkan was ridiculous yeah that was definitely uh one of the ones for me as well them coming to the game being able to make that vi- like the villain and heroes team where you were using the units like uh str gogia agl super Vegio, like using all of them on the same team uh it was just a super fun time uh in the game i mean like think about it we went from basically physical Vegito blue to an Andrew rose to trunks and zamasu then to the super saiyan fours that was crazy right mm. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely a pre-hype time. Yeah, that was a uh, a fun time in the game for sure. I mean, say what you want about the quality of Super in various arcs or whatever, but I feel like the game definitely benefited from a lot of like free hype by being able to do those things. Like we said, like announcing UI Goku like right after the episode first aired and the community was like blowing up with how crazy that episode was when ui goku first appeared and then having him then being able to announce that like oh yeah he's he's coming to the game like straight afterwards stuff like that is uh i mean obviously i want to see more anyway but i think if we do ever finally get like the actual series come back i think that's another thing that's just going to generate so much more hype for the game because some of those moments were just absolutely fantastic so but yeah, so there you go. I thought that would be a nice one to end it off on. Um, that is going to be it for this particular episode. Episode 5-9, episode 59. Um, definitely was interesting to do something a little bit more different. Hopefully you guys appreciated uh, the in-depth look into some of these things going into the past, not only of the podcast itself, but of some of our main panel of regular creators. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. We should be back to our regularly scheduled format programming for next week because next week we should have not only the version z announcement we should know more about heroes we potentially will know more about the part twos of the celebrations for both versions so there's going to be a ton of stuff going on next week so make sure you guys are back here same time again next week if you did join the podcast late or if you're just coming in now even the episode will be uploaded tomorrow on the actual youtube channel on 59 gaming mobile so make sure you check that out And that is going to be it for us over here at episode 59. So I have been your host, The Masked Ningen. A big shout out to my guests, Truth, Goresh, and Minato. Shout out to Troco for manning the boards behind the scenes, as always. And shout out to all of you guys for coming out for the episode. So make sure you are following us across all of our social medias. And we will see you guys in the next one. Peace out. Peace out.